You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. The Minister of Defence and Military Veterans, Tani Modise, says that anyone who is in conflict with the law in South Africa shall and will be dealt with harshly. Uh, she was speaking at the Justice, Crime Prevention and Security Cluster Media Briefing that took place earlier to date to update uh, the media and the nation by extension on security issues. Now, this briefing comes after President Cyril Ramaphosa authorised the deployment of 3,300 soldiers in cooperation with the South African Police Service to tackle illegal mining and the construction mafia under Operation Prosper. Now, the operation seeks to prevent and combat crime and also to maintain and preserve the rule of law. The Department of Environmental Affairs, the Directorate of Priority Crime Investigations, the South African Revenue Services, the FIC, the Asset Forfeiture Unit, the South African National Defense Force, and the BMA. So you can see it's a big, big team, which will focus in trying to get rid of this thing which is beginning to take root in South Africa. And to date, 4,067 suspects have been arrested on the various illegal mining-related charges. The National Intervention Team deployed in Pomalanga to deal with illegal mining and ESCOM energy crisis resulted in the arrest of 67 illegal miners with mining equipment worth 180 million rands and coal worth 12 million that was seized. Among those who were arrested also are 63 South Africans, 2,000 739 foreign nationals from Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Lesotho, DRC, Nigeria, Kenya, Pakistan, and Uganda. These arrests indicate the multinational nature of illegal mining, and it must clearly be stated that anyone who comes into conflicts with the laws of the Republic of South Africa shall and must be dealt with harshly within the provisions of our justice system, irrespective of whether that person is a citizen or a foreign national. We shall take no prisoners when our laws are being violated. We will not become diplomatic when our economy is being attacked through these acts. That was Minister of Defence and Military Veterans Tandi Mudise. Meanwhile, Minister of Justice and Correctional Services Ronald Lamola highlighted the number of arrests and convictions in cases involving illegal mining. Between April and August uh, 2023, a total of 329 accused were convicted of offences related to illicit mining, whilst eight were acquitted. During the same period, we had... um, 7,351 cases in which accused were convicted of contraventions of the Immigration Act, while 178 cases contained acquittals. As at November 2023, 
2023, a total of 4,068 cases containing contraventions of the Immigration Act are outstanding on the criminal uh, court, uh, court role. We, the conviction rate with regards to this um, type of crimes, including organized crime, is um, rising in the criminal justice system and in the court role. In the last um, financial year, 221 convictions were secured from 234 matters related to essential infrastructure convictions. Um, and um, this also shows the focus also of the NPA in regard to these matters that are of serious priority to, to the country and also to the criminal justice cluster. That was Ronald Damula, Minister of Justice and Correctional Services. Minister of Police Peggy Tele says that crime in South Africa is across the board. And this after South Africa's Transport Minister, Sinisiwe Chikunga, was robbed at gunpoint after her vehicle stopped on a highway to change a burst tyre. There, there's been this issue of arresting foot soldiers. In the statement, when you receive it and see it, you realise that there are people... Uh, that have been arrested that could not be just an ordinary foot soldiers, uh, where there have been some forfeiture and confiscation of their of their ill dividends from from this one. Those people are nine uh, that have been uh, arrested at that level, where the cars, the houses, the property has been confiscated around the 38 million, it would be 16 by 16, and some other monies. So it's not just chasing those, that, but uh, moving a little bit up to deal with those that uh, uh, are the brains behind, behind the nine up those far, uh, those people. The question of confidence in South Africa, indeed, uh, as the minister Mdise read the statement of criminals, uh, something attacking the communities. Ministers uh, of, of the state are part of the society of South Africa and they are part of the, of the communities that they live in. Uh, and these things will happen uh, now and again and we see how we, we respond. It's, it's not a complete immune thing that uh, people at the high profile level will, will happen. Uh, in in the country or in other countries. So crime now and again will remind all of us that is across the board. But specifically this issue, we are looking, we are looking at it. It does look like uh, the National Commissioner has worked on the putting the specific team uh, as we'll be looking at this matter so that we know exactly uh, what happened. There are issues around it because it's an investigation. We're not going to be talking much uh, on it. The, these operations are continuing. That's why the minister will talk about those cases that are in court, uh, those people that have been uh, arrested. Uh, uh, I'm sure you're aware of the arrest that has happened in Northern Cape of 867 people that were arrested. They are continuing. As they continue and these criminals getting uh, arrested, they also resist. 
they resist and they are armed, but also they begin to interfere with the lives of the communities around that area. Rivali is one case, Kahiso is one case, Krokastorp is one case. So these operations is not just to see them, to arrest them when you see them, is to go, go where they are and make sure that they are flushed out of the system of doing so. Well, there is a there is a issue that they'll keep coming, will keep coming too. And that was uh, Begi Tele, the Minister of Police. And we joined on the line now by policing expert at the University of Stellenbosch, Dr. Guy Lamb. Dr. Lamb, first and foremost, you know, if, if we just listen to all of uh, the deployments that are suddenly taking place because uh, crime has been with us for the longest time and uh, it does uh, anecdotally seem to be getting worse. But uh, no matter where you look, whether it's the president deploying 3,300 soldiers or, uh, you know, deploying soldiers to guard Eskom infrastructure, uh, you have the city of Johannesburg talking about uh, their own initiative with the uh, tactical response team. Cape Town has has their own initiative going. You've got the Amapanya Panya, as they are colloquially known here in Gauteng. It all seems like a lot, but what do you make of what is happening at the moment? Well, there, there's a variety of dynamics at play here. Well, number one, not only colloquially um, or anecdotally, crime has increased if we look at crime stats and it's sort of, you know, violent crimes that are reported by the police. Most categories have been increasing consistently since about 2011. So we're sitting in a relative crime crisis. Um, in the kind of responses that we've had is that, you know, the military have quite often worked with the police or being called in to assist the police in complex crime scenarios. So often the military are called in to work with the SAPs when they're dealing with operations focusing on gangs, for example, because the police do need additional support, they need additional armed support, and the military go there and will provide that support in terms of visible policing, in terms of cordoning off certain areas. They've also used the military when they have to do hostile raids, so that that's it's not, certainly nothing new that we're seeing here. <clears throat> the kind of aspect around the, um, you know, kind of what we're seeing recently in terms of police being deployed to engage with, you know, illegal mining, um, I think it's kind of similar to what's been happening within, um, you know, with the kind of gang areas, because it's a complex crime situation, very well armed groups, um, and the police don't necessarily have the full capacity to deal with this. Um, but of course, the, the military is not a, an unlimited resource. Our military is deployed within Mozambique. Our military is deployed within Eastern Congo. Um, and we now being, you know, kind of military is being involved with, you know, protecting ESCOM assets. And now we're going to send 3,000 in to deal with the Zamazama. So I think that the military is stretched a bit thin now as well. They've also got budgetary issues. Their budget is not kind of keeping pace with the kind of requirements on their time. So we're, we're dealing with a difficult situation. Difficult situations, but have we allowed them to become more <coughs> difficult uh, uh, rather than nipping them in the bud, Dr. Lamb? Because if you look at the Zamazama issue, if you look at the construction mafia issue, uh, these were problems that we literally saw coming. And we left them uh, to now balloon into these terrible things that they have become where we now need the military to come and assist. Absolutely. I mean, these are kind of largely issues around organized crime. 
and started off relatively small and were, you know, should have ultimately been addressed by, you know, the sort of crime intelligence services, the sort of national intelligence services and had sort of state responses to them. But, you know, unfortunately, with these kind of organized crime networks, they often are connected into the state in various ways. Um, and, you know, we had opportunities, you know, as you raise the point, we did have opportunities to deal with it. Now they actually have escalate, especially if you're looking at the kind of construction mafia, the extortion rackets that we have in place. The Zama Zamas is a challenging issue because it's linked to party politics in Lesotho. So having a kind of military policing response is not going to solve the problem because this is, you know, inherently linked to, to Lesotho politics um, and the funding of, of political parties in Lesotho. So just by sending in the military, unfortunately, it's not going to solve the problem problem um, there are kind of much deeper issues at stake here and then of course the public has the perception that the deployment of the soldiers is a sort of indictment on the South African police services capacity to fight crime in the country would that be fair I don't think that's a particularly fair call because we are faced with these very complex crime problems, some of them which we could have identified and dealt with before. But it's, you know, many of these issues are beyond, you know, the capacity of the South African police to respond to them and kind of kind of coherent and meaningful ways. So there is a need to bring on other resources to deal with this. I mean, it's the same, for example, if we look at what's happened on our borders, where we've had to establish a specific border agency to deal with that because it was, you know, too much work for the police or the military to deal with. So it is, it's, it's, it's kind of an indication that there are weaknesses with the police, but also an indication that the types of crime that we're facing have become a lot more complex and a lot more dangerous. And Dr. Lamb, if we just look at the resources available to the South African police services, if you look at uh, the size of our police service in response to the population growth in the country, for example, how do we compare to countries uh, on a similar demographic scale as us elsewhere in the world? And should we have more resources deployed for this particular purpose? I mean, there, there is sort of a big debate that goes on around, you know, police population ratios. But one always needs to consider the context. One always needs to consider where crime is happening. So, for example, we can't compare ourselves to somewhere like Sweden or somewhere like you know, the United States, for example. Because, um, I mean, if we do look at South Africa, I mean, we do have quite a sort of a... Um, a high, a low number of police per population, for example. But the the real analysis has to happen where where is that relationship or the the police deployment in relation to high crime areas, because that's really where resources need to be. And I think the big problem we have within South Africa is there are not enough police that are allocated to high crime areas in strategic ways to deal with the problems in those specific areas. Um, so if we look at it very broadly and say, oh, you know, South Africa doesn't really add up, we actually really have to look at the high crime areas and to look at the numbers of police that are in those areas and the work that they're doing. and Are they being efficient and effective? And to that point, you know, the trust deficit between uh, the South African uh, population and the police is also a bit of a problem, one would imagine, uh, because you see the soldiers coming in now and uh, seemingly <clears throat> people would say that they, they sud suddenly have more trust that something will happen as opposed to when the police have to do their job. I mean, yeah, there, there's certainly if you kind of, you know, do opinion surveys on this around, I think you'd probably find 
um, uh, you know, responses from South Africans to say they trust the military more than the police, but that's because they haven't really had much experience of the, the military in terms of policing. Um, an important stat is the Human Sciences Research Council did bring out some data last year, which indicated that trust in the police had slipped to 27% of the population. I mean, the lowest level we've seen in a very, very long time. So populations don't trust the police. Um, you know, some, you know, if you looked at, for example, what's happened on the Cape Flats, you know, around 2019, you saw, you know, a lot of support for the military going in, but then responses afterwards were not so positive as there were expectations that the military would do more. The military would be involved in arrests, the military would be involved in punishing gangsters, which of course they can't do, it's not within their mandate. So it really does depend on context and time. And then just finally, uh, Dr. Lamb, uh, with regard to, again, the uh, the, the resources that uh, the SAPS has at their disposal. Um, many people talk about crime intelligence, uh, which uh, seems to be lacking. And uh, that may or may not be the case. But in terms of how the South African police service tend to respond to uh, what people have to endure on a daily basis, it seems as though resources may be very thin with the South African police services. Is that real or is it just a perception? I mean, it's if you look at it in a kind of aggregate level, I mean, there is a resourcing issue. I mean, uh, we do have around 170,000 police um, and, you know, most of those are involved in kind of operational matters. And there are challenges around, you know, access to vehicles. Um, there are challenges around patrolling. Um, so it is but the, one of the biggest problems I think we face is around the kind of a detective services where we've lost a lot of expertise in detective services through retirements and, you know, individuals moving into the private sector and the recruitment hasn't really caught up with that. So it means a lot of cases, you know, don't necessarily get closed or cases don't necessarily go to court because you don't have enough detectives to deal with that. Um, but also in many high crime areas, we just don't have enough police to do the visible policing that needs to happen. So final word, Dr. Lamb, so where does the solution lie? How do we regain the trust in our law enforcement authorities to actually do what they are employed to do? I mean, that's a really difficult one, and I think it's something that the police are, are really kind of seized with at the moment. I think, you know, there's been a, a common discussion for many, many years with the police around getting the basics right. And I think that's important at the station level where, you know, members of the public come into the station and are treated with professionalism, um, are treated with respect. That's the first point in terms of, you know, moving in the direction of increasing trust. I think the second one is around working more closely with community police forums, um, you know, being, you know, listening to communities when there are issues in place and not being disrespectful and, and kind of disregarding what they have to say. And I think a third one is around, you know, we have a problem with police violence in South Africa and it's about finding ways to reduce that because people aren't going to trust the police if they assault you. And that was Dr. Guy Lamb, who's a policing expert at the University of Stellenbosch. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 Nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.